Welcome to The Dish, the show that uncovers the stories behind the world's most famous dishes. We are your hosts, Tomo and Megzi from foodfuntravel.com. Join us and expert guests with tasty facts, foodie secrets and more. In this Hamburger Double episode, how American is the hamburger? We discuss the origin of ground minced meat and meat patties. The creation of the first custom buns designed especially to be used for hamburgers. Also, the battle over who really invented the modern hamburger. The stories and legends of the main contenders. All right, hello everybody. We're back for another episode of The Dish. Yes, and this one is going to be a epic episode. Actually, it might be a couple of episodes. I have done a lot of research. Yeah, it's going to be a big one, and that is because we are talking about hamburgers. That's right. The history of one of the world's, really, really one of the world's most famous dishes, the hamburger. It's billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of revenue every year. For hamburgers worldwide, it's insane. I love and hamburgers. I, we, we all love hamburgers. Everyone apart from my dad, who doesn't listen to this show. So, you know, I, I, he doesn't like hamburgers or listening to this show. What can you do? <laughs> Maybe he doesn't like listening to the show because we talk about shit he doesn't like. Yeah, that's possible. He should like hamburgers because obviously they're awesome. They're one of the world's most successful foods. Yes. But we are going to talk about the history of the hamburger, which is very contentious. Where did it come from? How did it end up becoming what it is? And really, I want to pose the question, what is a hamburger? Well, I guess that's a good place to start. So what is a hamburger? What's okay. the real definition we're going with? So the definition of a hamburger by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Do we trust com. them? Yeah, all right. Sure. It was the first one that came up on Google. All right, Google. well, number one on Google, always trustworthy. Yep. Good choice. Uh, so definition of a hamburger is 1A, ground beef. B, a patty of ground beef. Two. <laughs> you got a, a and B and two. No, no. One A, one B, one A, B, right. and two. Uh, a sandwich consisting of a patty of hamburger in a split, typically round bun. So hang on. A hamburger is a patty of hamburger. That seems like a cheating definition, but sure. All right, we'll go with it. Yeah. It's meat in a bun or just the meat part, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be in a bun or does it have to be in a I bun? I personally think to be a hamburger, it needs to be in a bun. That's my personal So what about opinion. a burger and a lettuce? That's not a hamburger, that's a burger and a lettuce. That's a burger and a lettuce. Without, it's not a hamburger and a lettuce. A hamburger has to be in a bun. I don't know. It's my personal opinion, and I'm uh, leaving it open for everyone to make their own opinions as well, because we're going to talk about a bunch of different hamburgers. And, I mean, it really comes up to the individual person whether or not they believe that that is what they think a hamburger is, or whether it really is how we think of it as two buns, a patty of beef, I personally think cheese has to be involved, but it didn't start out that There's way. There's plenty of classic hamburgers without cheese. People like it that way. I don't know why. This is why this is the history of the hamburger and not the history of the cheeseburger, because it's uh, quite different. Oh, oh really? Well, it's not. It's, uh, it's, it's the history of the hamburger and then a And few, then they add cheese. And then they added cheese. Yeah, it's roughly, <laughs> roughly the same. 95% yeah. of this episode is the same, but they add cheese. Which you should do anyway. I don't but, know right. why they didn't do it from the beginning, but anyway. But I'm going to go out on a limb here, and we haven't got to that part yet, but I'm guessing 
that the hamburger didn't really become the hamburger until there was bread involved. I, I don't know. Well, okay. So what I want to do with this, because um, it is a hotly, hotly debated topic in the United States, like lots of different states and, and places like going, I created the hamburger. No, we created the hamburger. No, I already built a museum. We obviously created the hamburger. So what I wanted to do was take it back to the very beginning and look at the entire timeline of the hamburger, starting with its main ingredient, minced beef. All right. History of minced beef. So, that, of course, beef hasn't been minced forever, I'm assuming. At one point, they just ate straight off the side of a cow with their mouth in their face, prehistoric they, style. I mean, they probably did. The, the first actual sort of evidence that we seem to have of minced beef resembling a hamburger of, or ground beef of sorts uh, is the first century AD in Rome. Damn. So hamburgers are from Rome. Done. Done. Episode finished. Thanks for coming. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so apparently they used to make a minced meat dish containing of pine nuts, pepper, and flavorings of wine and uh, extra things. And extra things? Well, That's a tasty ingredient. Well, you know, whatever was around at the time. All right. Um, so that is the earliest, earliest. Most people actually seem to give recognition to when we hit the 1200s. And this is when Mongolian horsemen would stash raw meat under their saddles while they were wreaking havoc across, you know, Asia and whatnot. Well, that's going to tenderize it, all that bouncing up and down on it. Exactly. That was exactly the point. Uh, so it's said that most of the Mongolian soldiers spent days in their saddles. Like, if you've ever seen a Mongolian on a horse, it's like their second oh, home. all the time. Well, we've been to Mongolia. <laughs> we've seen that. We have seen them, and they're really good. Like, they're just, like, at one with the horse and the saddle. It is pretty incredible. Yeah. So apparently what they used to do is they'd stick the meat up under the saddles. And so, yes, as you just said, the pounded meat would be tender enough for them to eat and they would eat it raw. All right. So not quite the modern hamburger. I'm not going to give it to the Mongolians on this one. No. And a few people do say that this isn't really actually the case. You know, you know, there's- It's made up hearsay stuff. The, The Cambridge Medieval History- of 1924, says the story was started about the Mongolian horsemen putting the slices of meat beneath their saddles. But to be honest, if people were riding around on this meat for like, as we said, days at a time, the meat would be so full of sweat and God knows what, you wouldn't want to eat that. Horse hair. Well, Mm. actually, a lot of the time they said actually that they think the meat was made of horse. Oh, yeah, that would make sense for Mongolia. They didn't have a lot of cattle around there, did they? They Yeah. Goats and- Sheep, perhaps, but not cows. So it's kind of like a regularly accepted story that this is how the whole minced meat came about. And if we're happy to continue with that story, which I am, as it's a pretty cool story. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares if it's true? Hey! It's good enough. Uh, We're going to move forward to 1238, where Genghis Khan's grandson, Kublai Khan, uh, he invaded Moscow. Yeah, as you do. As you do. And with them, they naturally brought their unique form of ground meat with them. The Russians loved it. And they- Whilst being slaughtered by Mongolians, they were like, but I'm eating, so it's good. But this is such good food. Uh, Yeah, they liked it so much, they incorporated it into their own cuisine and gave it the name Steak Tartare. Oh, so they're claiming invention of Steak Tartare. They are, because do you actually know where the name Tartare comes from? I guess the Tartars is a- a race of people. Exactly. And it's so it's their version of steak. Exactly. And the French make it sound like it's theirs. Whoa. Cheeky 
cheeky French. This is one side of the story. I'm sure the French have a completely other side of their story. But this side of it says, yes, of course, as you just mentioned, the Tatars is the Russian name for uh, the nomadic Mongols of the time. And it was applied to anyone sort of originating from the northern and central Asian areas. Mm. Interesting twist. Uh And we haven't even got even close to burgers yet. This is just raw meat. I think burgers are a bit more than raw meat. So where are we going? Just at raw meat. And this is going to continue for a little bit, actually. It's crazy. Episode one, raw meat. (laughs) Episode two, who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this became to be a very fashionable dish. It still is today. People like steak tartare. And it got all the way up until the point about the 1600s when ships from the German port of Hamburg began calling on ports of Russia. And in doing so, as we all know what happens at ports, people exchange food, people exchange spices and cloths and et cetera, et cetera. Bodily fluids. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot that gets exchanged in these ports. Old-time ports, yeah. Yeah, We've yeah, all seen. yeah. We know what it was like in the 1600s. We've all seen the History Channel. So, yeah, during this time, uh, Russian steak tartare was brought back to Germany, where they called it tartare steak. Ah, they flipped it around and went, oh, now it's ours. Now it's ours. Right. So then we have sort of somewhere between the 1600s and 1800s where someone found a way of salting and smoking this particular meat so it wouldn't go off so quickly which was obviously a very popular thing to do in those days, especially dealing with sailors. They didn't want their meat to go off quick. So by 1802, we have the first ever entry in the Oxford English Dictionary that includes a Hamburg steak, which is a slab of salted minced beef that is slightly smoked and mixed with onions and breadcrumbs. 1802? Yes. Damn. Dang. I'm not even allowed to say damn, am I? I'm going to have to cut that out. (laughs) Apparently that's swearing. I don't know. Maybe I'll just leave it in. No one will complain. Don't complain. That'd be rude. Don't do it. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, now we're getting a little bit closer to what you would sort of consider to be a hamburger, but it's still raw. It's just sort of been cured a little bit. Smoked and salted. So it's not it's not, it's not exactly raw. raw, but it's not cooked. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Moving forward a little bit further into the 18s and 40s and 50s, a lot of people uh, were immigrating to the America on the Hamburg-America line and a very popular meal for them to take with them on these long voyages was the salted beefsteak because it would last for the journey. And so uh, people going all the way over to the Americas were taking this this dish with them um, that they were chowing down on, and it became known when they hit America as the Hamburg steak. It was all of these people coming from Hamburg. They were eating this sort of minced beef meal, and people were like, what is that? And they're like, well, you know, it's this 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 thing that we eat. And so because of everyone was from Hamburg, so they were given the title of the Hamburg steak. But it was already called the Hamburg steak before it became the Hamburg steak. Apparently, 1805, already classified. So that's like even more crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's kind of had this progression of... So we call it that at home, but when we're on the boat, you're being a racist if you're calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe uh, mind your mouth and just call it some, some good German steak. Exactly. Who knows? Well, here's the big thing about the difference between Hamburg steak and the... the like the real Hamburg steak that you would get in Hamburg and the Hamburg steak that you would get in the United States, the quality of the meat differed incredibly. So in Hamburg, they have really good cattle and the meat was incredible. So them eating this raw tartar steak wasn't an issue. Take it over to the United States, the cuts of meat weren't so good. It was a lot of immigrants. So it was a lot of poorer people that were making these cuts of meat 
And as you can imagine, people started getting a little squanchy in their bellies. Ah, squanch, squanch. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. So this sort of started happening around the sort of mid-19th century, and it got to a point where the preparation of raw beef was associated with a lot of digestive issues. A lot. And this is where it sort of goes in two different directions. So at this time, we have the appearance of a New York doctor whose name is James H. Salisbury. And in nine, oh, sorry, in 1867, he proclaimed that cooked beef patties could be just as healthy as raw beef patties. Obviously not, if everyone's getting the squanches from the raw ones. Uh, well, exactly. But it was his way of going, just, hey, maybe think about it this way. I give just it a have cook. this idea. Give it an idea and maybe give it a cook. And see how it goes. It'll taste just as good, trust me. And people went, sure, let's give this a try. And that's when the process changed. So he actually named that particular steak Salisbury steak. Of course, which everyone will be familiar with. Of course. Now, here's where things get a little bit tricky. Because, yeah, that Salisbury steak sort of like a minced beef patty, right? I mean, I don't live in the US and I've never really even had a Salisbury steak, but I know about them. So it's sort of the same as a hamburger, but without the bread, right? Exactly. But yeah, so this is where things start crossing over and people start proclaiming that they were the first to create certain things and yada, yada, yada. But even though he created the Salisbury steak and people recognize that, most people still will give the idea of the hamburger to Hamburg and Germany. And I'm going to explain that just now. As I said, when it first came over, salted and smoked, that was just because immigrants couldn't do much else with it. But I think once they hit the United States and had the actual opportunity to start cooking things properly again, they did just that. But the thing is, it gets a little bit confusing here because the German word for this particular beef patty is the frikadella, which I'm sure sounds a lot more German than the way I sound it. Uh, Fricadella. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> close enough. So this was yeah. actually a really popular dish in Hamburg at the exact same time as it started popping up in America. So, you know, they were taking chopped beef, seasoning it, forming it into patties, and then grilling or frying them. And so it's actually been recorded that many of these particular steak patties uh, were popping up close to the ports and factories all around the United States where these people from Hamburg were getting off the ships and they were doing these little stalls where they were cooking the frikadella. But the Americans gave it the term of the Hamburg steak. It's just, it's like cooked Hamburg steak. It's, I, I guess it's like spring rolls where you have like fresh spring rolls and cooked spring rolls. I don't know. Yeah, well, also because they're like, who's making that up? Oh, it's the guy from Hamburg. Oh, so it's the hamburger. Because actually, the, I don't know if you're going to cover this in later, but the word hamburger, a person from Hamburg is said to be like a hamburger. He's a hamburger because he's from Hamburg. Yeah, yeah there's a couple so. of people that do have that claim, certainly. And there is a certain contender that I'm going to be talking about a little bit later that does bring that name into it. But yeah, it, it is that whole Hamburg steak, hamburger, and that's where we think it all sort of came from. So yeah, it's here that we sort of have the evolution of the beef patty. So it's whether I think Salisbury steak was something completely different but quite similar. The thing I do know is that old mate Salisbury came through and said, you all need to be cooking your meat. And everyone went, sure. And then he was like, oh, I was making all this money from people coming in sick with dysentery and stuff. <laughs> and now they're all healthy because I told them to cook the meat. Yeah. Oh, I really screwed up there. Business ruined. Oh, well, he got his name on the stake. So what, what more can he say? Oh, there you go. 
So now we're going to move forward to 1873, where a restaurant called Delmonico's in New York City advertises a cooked Hamburg steak on its dinner menu. And this is the very first time that it's been printed on a menu in the United States. And they were charging a hefty price of 10 cents. Well, for 18-something, that sounds like quite a lot. Yeah. Actually, the average wage in New York back in uh, 1873 was $17.70 a week. So, 10 cents just on a steak is quite hefty. Yeah. Not too bad, though, no. for a big old piece of meat, considering you pay like $40 in New York for a steak, at least these days. Yeah. But, I mean, this is back then. Yeah. But, so, I mean, compared to wages, yes. that's, that's not too bad. So, this actually became really popular, but then, of course, as you know, the evolution of things and cheaper versions of a popular dish become popular across the United States, especially in food stalls and at county fairs. Here is where it gets interesting and a little even more confusing. 15 so, minutes in and it's only just getting interesting. I Sorry know. about that, listeners. It's all been interesting. <laughs> anyway, has. so somewhere between 1885 and 1904 is when the creation of the hamburger actually happened. Between that time. The person who actually created it is really hotly contended. And there's quite a few states that to this day literally fight over this title. It's hardcore. But we're going to discuss the contenders more in just a bit because All their right. stories are really quite, quite important. A little bit of a cliffhanger, leaving that one. Da, da, da. Some other information first. We said it was getting interesting and then we went, <gasps> we'll leave the interesting bits for later. Yeah, exactly. All right. What's next? Okay. So now we sort of, you know, continue on a little bit. What we can actually say is that the first national audience of the hamburger, the first recognition of the, of the hamburger was announced in 1904 at the St. Louis World's Fair. So the New York Tribune is said to have spoken about this new hamburger and everybody's going to love it. So there was actually quite a few interesting things that were introduced at this World Fair, ranging from waffle ice cream cones, cotton candy, peanut butter, and iced tea. All came out of this World's Fair. What? And hamburgers. Crazy. That is one hell of a World's Fair. Yeah. So this, in 1904, the St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis. No one knows. No one knows. World Fair. So it put a lot of different food products on the world stage, and the hamburger is one of them. Once again, I'm going to get into the whole tale of that a little bit later in the show. One thing we do actually know is, yeah, 1904, we first have national recognition of the hamburger. Move forward to 1916, and this is when Walter Anderson, a fry cook, actually develops specific buns that are designed to accommodate hamburger patties. And he creates it with a heavier bread dough than what was usually used. And he formed it into uh, small square shapes that were just big enough for one of his hamburgers. And after that, about five years later, he joined up with a guy called Edgar Ingram and they created White Castle, which is the mm. world's first ever burger chain. Yeah. And still going today. Still and going today. With square bread. It was square bread. Yeah. There but he go. created the first actual buns that were designed specifically for hamburgers. So they had square patties and square bread, and that was the original chain burger. I don't know. Did they have square patties or was it circular patties on a square bread? I've never eaten know. at White Castle. I know. Well, I mean, today it would be different from what they were doing in 1916. I just wondered. I think he was doing square bread, but a circular patty, but I actually have, I'm not entirely certain on that. If to anyone be knows, tweet us at Food Fun Travel. Yeah. Was it the original 1916 burger, a round burger or a square burger? Because mm. if he custom made this bread just for this burger, 
it's not really custom made if it's a different shape. I know, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Like, that's just like, I made a slightly smaller bun. It's like, well, you could have done that just by buying a slightly smaller loaf of bread from the supermarket. (laughs) I don't even know if they had sliced bread in 1916. Who knows? I think they did. Maybe. They might not have done. But yeah, then it was sort of onwards from that. The burger had a bit of an uphill battle as it was seen as poor people food. And actually it was seen like the meat was seen to be a lot of the dregs and uh, people didn't really trust the meat that was put so into burgers. So it started off as 10, 10 cents for a burger in a fancy restaurant. And within 30 years, it was poor people food. Yeah. Confusing. Exactly. So it sort of went back again. I guess it was the whole thing with people taking it and trying to turn it into street food. Naturally, they were trying to bring their costs down. Therefore, the quality of the meat came down with it until it eventually got a bad reputation. So people like uh, the co-founders of White Castle had to really work hard to try and improve the quality of the hamburgers that were being made and also improve the impression that the entire, you know, the entire United States had of hamburgers at the time. Then you move forward to 1948 when, of course, McDonald's became a restaurant and grew into the largest fast food chain in the entire world. They started in 1948. 1950, Harry and Esther Snyder opened the first ever In-N-Out Burger, which has the first uh, two-way microphone and speaker system creating drive through as we know it today. There you go. In and out. I had never put those two together. I had never actually thought of, I just thought it was just a name. Yeah. But yeah. They created the first drive-thru, and it makes perfect sense. Good branding. Yeah. Good job, Harry and Esther. 1954 brings us Burger King. 1969 brings us Wendy's, which surprisingly enough was actually created by the former KFC head chef Dave Thomas. So a guy left KFC and then just went, I'm going to start burgers. Do Wendy's. Do it. Yep. And then uh, the rest is history. Today, an estimated 50 billion burgers are eaten every year in America alone, which actually is about three burgers per American every week. Even babies? Well, it's an average. You know it's an average. But that is also apparently 800,000 miles of burgers, which is long enough to go to the moon, come back, and then go to the moon again. Well, I mean, that would have been an easier way to get to the moon than the whole space program thing. And they were already making burgers in the 40s and before that. Walk on burgers. They really should have thought of that. I just I can see like Homer Simpson flying through space like eating burgers. Jump. Yep. Jump. Well, jump, there you go because I mean jump. astronaut food is difficult. They have all these challenges with astronaut food. If it just been a chain of burgers, people wouldn't have got hungry on the way there. No. So they they messed that all up. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, well. that's the history from the original beef patty, which was not cooked, through to hamburgers today. All right, that's it. It all finished in 1960-something, and everyone went to space, and that's what I got from that story. No. Um, is that not what happened? Everyone just went to space at the end? Are we still on Earth? Why are we still no. here? Oh, still my here. goodness. No, but then from then on, people started making uh, gourmet burgers. The first gourmet burger came out in 1986, which was a restaurant that was releasing burgers called the DB Burger after the chef Daniel Blood. He was selling his burgers for 32 US dollars. So it went from this Ooh. incredibly cheap food to 32 bucks for in it. In the 80s. In the 80s, in 86. Wow. Yuppies were rich back then. Maybe that's why they were 32 bucks. Got a line of Coke on the side. <laughs> exactly. Or just a Coke on the side because, you know, this is a family show. Oh, yes, of course. So, you know, they got a Coke, on the, Coke on the side. Just Coke on the side. 80s. Everyone had Coke on the side in the 80s. <laughs> Burger and Coke. That's what they were having. <laughs> but I'm going to talk about some of the really expensive burgers that do exist in today's day and age a little bit later in the show. But we really do need to go back. If we're going to talk about the history of the hamburger, 
we need to talk about the contenders. There, as I said before, there are so many people that are fighting over this and it's really, really tricky to pinpoint who actually invented the hamburger. So we're going a bit Terminator now. We've said this is one timeline and now we're going to split off into all these other possible timelines. Well, I've still kept it chronological. Alrighty. Just to sort of make a little bit more sense of it, but we're going to take a look at the men who all claim that they alone created the hamburger. It is a fierce and epic battle. Were they naked when they got back to their restaurants after being forward in time? That's the Terminator thing. You have to be naked to get back. You always turn up with no clothes on. It no, was weird. No, they were there in the present time, so they didn't uh, have to get naked. This is different Unless from Terminator. Totally different from Terminator. Uh, they were there in the present time. We're going to go back in time and talk about it, but I think we should keep our clothes on. It's more like Looper than they had clothes on through Looper. They Looper. did. Yeah. And pretty, like, hardcore jackets, I remember. So, you know, put on, a, put on a swifty jacket and away we go. So if you make the burger the wrong shape, you have to go back again to try and fix the you shape. You are making this unnecessarily complicated. All right. Okay, let's move on. Yes. Okay. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all of the contenders, all the heavy hitters in this epic battle royale. Uh, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> with cheese, royal with, royal with cheese. But I'm going to let you make up your own mind of who you actually really think created the hamburger. How dare you? It's How dare you it? not provide facts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you facts. You just need to make up your own mind. One thing to really note is that most of the following stories on the history of the hamburgers were told after the fact on Wikipedia. No! <laughs> so some of them might be true. Oh, my God. I stayed away from Wikipedia because they, ha- they know nothing. It's a lot of hearsay. Yeah. I mean, I literally looked up the definition of tartar steak, and then I looked up the definition of, like, some other, like, of the Hamburg steak, but the raw version, and it was, like, it was completely contradictory. Like, no, it was all contradicted itself. Oh, yes. Wikipedia is fun. Yeah. Anyway, so this is not from Wikipedia. We could start a podcast that's just we read out Wikipedia pages about things. It would be a much less research time. So, yeah, as I was saying, a lot of these are told after the fact based on recollections of family members who are proud, proud, proud of their family and predecessors. So also for many American people who are listening to this podcast, the story and or legends that you probably know uh, really depend on where you are from. So uh, get ready to be offended. Yeah, because we're going to get all objective and international here. We didn't grow up with these stories. No. All right. So as I said before, I'm going to do this in chronological order. So we're going to, first of all, meet a young man by the name of Charlie Nagreen. So it is said that in 1885, Charlie Nagreen was only 15 years old. He was hanging out trying to sell meatballs at a county fair. and. No one was interested. Couldn't care less because just walking along eating a meatball, you're going to get your hands messy, right? I would put up with that. I like meatballs. <laughs> okay, so you are not the norm. <laughs> I was not his target no, customer. He wasn't selling anything. He was getting zip. So he decided Simple to- Simple solution, napkins. I don't know what napkins around in, in 1885. I'm pretty sure napkins have been around for ages. Oh, like- but not disposable ones, not I disposable guess. disposable napkins. You, what do you got? Here, have some fine linen to go with your- Meatballs. That's why it's 10 cents for a burger, because you get a napkin you can take home. It's a souvenir gift. Anyway, he decided linen was not the way to go, (laughs) and he flattened out the meatball, and he put them between two pieces of bread to make it easier for the meatballs to be eaten on the move. They were a massive hit. 
so much so that he actually earned the title Hamburger Charlie, which he loved. He actually returned to sell hamburgers every single year at that fair until his death in 1951. And he also quite liked to entertain the people with guitar, mouth organ, and this little jingle. Hamburgers, hamburgers, hamburgers hot, onions in the middle, pickles on the top. Make your lips go flippity-flop. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> it's his jingle, not mine. I can't, you know. Well, I mean, at the time, that was probably that. quite a ditty. Yes, or exactly. Ditty. 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 I don't know what it is. So, yeah, uh, this was all based in the town of Seymour, Wisconsin. And uh, they are so certain about this claim that they even have a Hamburger Hall of Fame that they built as a tribute to Charlie and the legacy that he left behind. And the town claims to be the home of the hamburger and holds an annual burger fest on the first Saturday of August every single year. Well, I mean, I'd go just to eat, but, you know, the... There's a bit of a leap here that he's calling them hamburgers straight away. So he already knew that the meatballs were hamburgers. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't really explain where the name came from. So this is why it gets uh, into a little bit of iffy territory. Yeah, where's the connection to the ships bringing the meat in and him being German? Exactly. Was it he just German? says, no, he wasn't German. He just flattened some meatballs and put them between two slices of bread. I personally think it needs to be on a bun to be a hamburger. So there's two slices of bread is just like a meat sandwich. Although it sounds like a custom-made bun didn't come around till White Castle anyway, so uh-huh. we might have to forgive the style of bread. They made a custom-made... Well, oh, so in that case, we might even be going as far as saying White Castle invented the hamburger if you can't do it until it's a custom-made bun. I am going to uh, blow that all out of the water. All right, then. Good to know. Yes, so he's, uh, he's the first. So that's 1885, 15-year-old Charlie, who became known as Hamburger Charlie. 50 years later after he was dead. Well, I, don't know. I don't know when he got the title. Uh, contender number one. So contenders number two, because it's brothers, Frank and Charles Menches, they claim to have invented the dish at a county fair in Hamburg, New York, also in 1885. Hamburg, New York being named because people from Hamburg lived there? I, I have no idea. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because that's normally why they name things because people move there are like, I remember my old town. I'm going to name it after this. Yeah. That happened a lot. The title of the town was Hamburg, New York. I didn't look into the complete background story of the t- naming of the town. So they're basically sitting around going, well, it's called Hamburg. So actually we named it after the town. They do have a bit of a story that goes with it. So the story goes the brothers ran out of pork because they actually made sausage patty sandwiches. And they I'm listening. <laughs> we're talking about beef today. Oh, no. Yeah, so they ran out of pork and they were like, oh, what do we do? So they got some meat by a nearby butcher that was also at the fair and they started cooking up this minced beef sandwich instead. And they flavoured the meat in an interesting way with coffee, brown sugar, and a couple of other spices that they found around, and they served it between two slices of bread. So uh, the implication here is that the name of the hamburger, yes, as you said, comes from the town of Hamburg, New York, not Hamburg, Germany, but it could have those connections anyway with a lot of immigrants actually just being in that town. But according to the family legend, Frank really didn't know what to call his new creation. So he looked up, he saw the banner for the Hamburg Fair, and he said, it's the hamburger. And the rest is history. How convenient. Tied in a nice little bow. Yeah. 
I did find one article that stated that Frank Menchez's obituary in the New York Times actually stated that these events took place at the 1892 Summit County Fair in Akron, Ohio, not in Hamburg, New York. So admittedly, I didn't go searching for Frank Menchez's actual obituary, but it could be a bit of a tall tale just so that they can have the claim of hamburger at the same year as uh, Charlie in 1885. A lot of successful products do have a few tall tales behind them. That's true. A few legends. So, yeah, I haven't actually tracked down his actual obituary. I don't know when it happened, but they say that it was 1885. So that's two claiming 1885 they created the hamburger. So that's the end of part one of The Origin of Hamburgers, our first contenders for the invention of the modern American hamburger in bread. That was Hamburger Charlie and the Menches brothers. And depending on your definition of what sort of bread is needed for it to be a hamburger, rather than just being meatballs in some bread, could it even be White Castle? And what about the original Hamburg steak from Hamburg, Germany? Ooh, so much possibility. Yes, in part two of the story of hamburgers, at least three more contenders step up to the plate. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Who really invented the modern hamburger? We're going to start narrowing it down in the next episode. So coming next week, or will it already be out now? Go check your feed. See and what we did there as well. Yeah. <laughs> feed. Uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe. If you enjoyed this show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen and make sure that you subscribe to the show because that really helps us get this show out there and get more people seeing it as we rise up the charts. If you don't like us enough to give us a five-star review, don't leave a review at all. This obviously is not the podcast for you. All right, that's it for this episode. Uh, We'll see you again for the second half of Hamburgers next week. All right now. Thanks for listening to The Dish. Don't forget to subscribe and keep this podcast on the air by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Also, come join our foodie community on Facebook in the Food Worth Travelling For Facebook group. Catch you next time. <laughs>